Hello and welcome back to the God's Story podcast. I'm Brent Siddle. Uh, today's very special guest on the show joining me again is Jay Payleitner, who's with me this time to talk about grandparents and grandparenting and his recent book <laughs> from... <laughs> he chuckles. This is delightful. It's a delightful subject, isn't it? And his recent yes. book from Chronicle Books in the States is called Hooray for Grandparents! 40 Joys, Surprises and Cautionary Tales. I wonder what they are. Jay is one of the top freelance producers for Christian Radio in the States, having worked on Josh McDowell Radio, Today's Father and Project Angel Tree with Chuck Colson. Jay is a long-time affiliate of the National Centre for Fathering and Iron Sharpens Iron. He speaks at men's retreats, marriage weekends, writers' conferences and weekend services, and he sold more than half a million books. Jay, welcome to the show. How do you do it all? Uh, Brent, I have no choice. I have a mortgage <laughs> to pay and I have a, I don't have a pension or 401k like I just keep hustling. You know what? And it's God's call. And what a blessing and delight. I, it's a true privilege to uh, to uh, sit down here every day at my desk in the middle of uh, the western suburbs of Chicago and uh, and think about what God wants me to do. That's what we all need to do, right? Think about what God wants us to do in this very moment. What's right in front of us. Do what's right in front of you. And this yeah. happens to be... Uh, right in front of me. There you I go. Think we, yeah, I think we talked about your time in advertising and radio the last time you joined us. But let's have another question because um, there, there may be people who didn't hear that. How did how did you start in advertising and radio? Well, um, boy, I was in outside sales. I'll give you the short version. I was in outside sales selling photocopiers and law books. I was terrible at it, but I knew that my gifts were this crazy uh, blending of creativity and business. And I could always kind of turn a phrase. So I put a sample book together and did a lot of praying about it. And I ended up in, in advertising on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. And I did TV commercials with Mike Ditka for Midway Airlines and Corona Beer TV commercials. and uh, All the real um, stuff. Yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But it wasn't, you know what? It wasn't enough. It, it, there's, there was more to life, I realized. And I ended up at a little ad agency, a little... Um, kind of a media agency and is recording studio in the western suburbs. Now, I might have gotten fired from my job downtown on Michigan Avenue. That might have had something to do with it. But uh, God works all things for good. Am I allowed I to up... ask you? Am I allowed to ask you the obvious question? Why did you get fired? Are you allowed oh, to tell me? Well, sure. Uh, well, in the advertising business, people come and go. So it wasn't. I wasn't the only one that was let go. A new creative director came in to my big agency, cleaned house, brought in some of his own people. So I didn't feel terrible about it. It's for my. It didn't. I didn't question my abilities. It was like question my purpose in life. That's. You, you, I was a. It was a crisis there for a moment. And I may have wept and I may have, you know, wrung my hands, but you got to trust God. I mean, when bad stuff happens, when bad stuff happens, I don't want to be trite or cliche, but you know what? When you look back at it later on, it's like, oh, I see how God was working. Yeah, for sure. In New Zealand, we call that restructuring, by the way. It happens in, <laughs> in most companies about every two years. Sure. It's, it's, I think, truly awful. But anyway, I suppose it has to happen. How did the writing start? Well, um, I've always been a writer, but... Um, uh, I can always turn a phrase and uh, I, I turn it in high school and through college. I would turn in my papers first draft, just type them, type, 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 turn them in, got my B plus, And that was fine with me. And I never really proofread anything till I was in my mid twenties. And that's when I really turned myself into a writer. Cause you gotta, 
when you write something, you got to go back and look at it again and rewrite it and craft it because the true art of writing is is rewriting, of course. But um, that was uh, in advertising. I learned to write short, get to the point and get off the stage, which works <laughs> in speaking and writing and podcasting. Get to the point, psh, be done, you know, make it say what maybe say what you're going to say real quick, then say it. Then kind of say what you said, then get off the stage because that's enough. Yeah, well, let's uh, having said that, let's get on to the book, which is the subject of the uh, of the interview, really, isn't it? Hooray, hooray for grandparents! You <laughs> write. There's nothing. Like, I'm quoting you here. There's nothing like being a grandparent. You write, and in many ways, being a grandparent is a culmination of your life story. Now, mm. why is that? Why is being a grandparent a culmination of your life story? Well, you won't understand. Nobody will understand that until you finally get to be a grandparent and not just hold that first baby, but start communicating with a three-year-old or six-year-old or a 10-year-old. And suddenly you go, oh, it all matters because we mess up our kids. Our kids, uh, we are so busy trying to make a living and trying to get find a purpose in life. Our kids, we, you know, we make some mistakes. Don't beat yourself up for that. But, uh, but grandparents, I mean, here, well, here the best example of this, Brent, is uh, my kids were more, all athletes and that kind of thing. And I, Brent, believe it or not, I was the jerk in the stands. I was the one yelling at the umpire and just kind of, well, um, but the point is that I'm, I go to my grandchildren's soccer games, uh, football games, and uh, uh, and baseball games and wrestling matches and all that. And I just enjoy it for what it is. And I'm not the jerk in the stands anymore. And I blame that on that wonderful God-given gift of grandparenthood. And yes. so that's why I, the book is Hooray for Grandparents, because what a privilege it is and what a responsibility it is. I, you know, I, not, we're not letting people off the hook. There's, there's a responsibility there. Um, and it was, a, it was great fun to write this book and be serious and silly. Yeah and practical that kind of thing yeah i think that's what i loved about it it was it was really just moving and and touching and and funny and all, all these sorts of things put together you've got eight grandchildren haven't you uh, mm, how yep. did how do you how do you reckon becoming a grandparent changed you or affected you or did it i'm surprised well, you have time for grandparenting personally but <laughs> well well that's just it uh, as a grandparent you make the time that you you put your priorities in place you make the time or not if if there's an event going on, I, mean, I do everything possible. We go to the events and games and concerts and volunteer regularly to babysit the, the, the kids who are, live clear, close and nearby. And uh, uh, I'm not sure where I'm going with this thought, except for um, if you pour yourself into it, the more you pour yourself into it, the more you get out of it. When I If I go to a, a baseball game and I know a grandparent isn't there, I'm going, what, what's going on? Why aren't you here? It's so fun. It's so rewarding. Uh, but um, what a privilege, like I said. What are some of the other things you like doing with your grandkids, apart from attending uh, football uh, matches and other things yeah, that you don't call sure. football in America? I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, well, the whole point is uh, that we each have our own gifts as as grandparents and as individuals. We each have our own gifts. And those are the things that you should share with your grandkids you don't have to be someone you're not just be your best self and that will they'll see that they'll they'll want to be part of that now my wife rita she likes to hold babies so when we have a newborn grandchild 
she is the favorite grandparent. Of all the grandparents, she's the favorite because she knows how to snuggle and love and swaddle um, and coo and chat. Now, when they're about four is where I'm in my prime. where Because uh, I relate to a four-year-old mind. I can wrestle and and giggle and give uh, noogies and chat and and tickle and and delight them with my simple you know tricks and things like that. Um, now I could certainly imagine uh, Brent. Uh, uh, are you a grandpa? Are you a grandpa? Brent? No, not yet. Okay, all right, okay. Um, well, I can imagine Brent when you get to be when you've got some grandkids, you know, whatever they are, there'll be an age where you really connect with them, and it could be at a workbench. It could be, you know, rolling out a pizza. It could be uh, uh, walking them through an art museum and pointing about the colors. What do you think of that? Mm. Or it could be, um, you know, teaching them my magic tricks. Or I mean, Everybody has their own gifts. I would think probably uh, reading them yeah. Dr. Seuss. Well, absolutely. Every Houdon in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch <laughs> lived just it. north of Whoville. Did not, it, was, right? it was the cat in the hat when I was a kid. There, That dates me, doesn't it? My goodness no, me. I got it. Yeah. Where do you do your best grandparenting, Jay? Well, um, that's also a question to ask. Where do you do your best grandparenting? I recommend that grandparents, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're in a home where your grandkids are going to come visit you, Buy two stools. Buy a stool that's about eight or ten inches high. They can stand next to you at the kitchen counter or at your workbench and see what you're doing and help you out and learn to sand with the grain and, you know, measure twice, cut once. Or uh, uh, and also buy a stool that's high enough that they can sit at the table with the adults uh, and share in the conversation and make a mess and, and be part of the thing, thing. So, so, uh, maybe your best grandparenting is here. Maybe it's at the front porch. Maybe it's lying out in the grass. Maybe it's on your sailboat, but decide that so that decades from now at your funeral, your kids say, man, I remember going out on grandpa's boat, or I remember sitting, sitting with grandpa drinking lemonade out in the side yard in the swing set, whatever it is, so that they have that memory in that place. And that'll be a good trigger where you do your best grandparenting. That'll be a good trigger to do, well, <laughs> to do your best grandparenting. Yeah. How, how important is it for grandparents to choose what they're going to be called by their grandchildren? I mean, I had well, an aunt who was absolutely hot on this. She made it quite clear to her grandchildren and her children that this is what she wanted her grandkids to call her. And under no circumstances was to be anything else. <laughs> well, yeah, well, oh, don't be belligerent about this. <laughs> she, was, she was belligerent <laughs> about it. <laughs> but, but here's the point, And this is just a kind of a fun little chapter in the book and this idea that you know what, grandparents, you have one name for the first 50 or 60 years of your life, and then suddenly you've got a new name. Uh, my mom and dad were Marge and Ken, but when they became grandparents, my older sister said, nope, we're going to call you Mimi and Papa. And that's what their name was for the next 30, actually 35 years before they passed on. So what? A, what a, you don't even think about it. I sat down to write this book and I'm thinking about grandparenting. And that just dawned on me that sudden moment when you a brand new name uh, and, and pick it carefully because you're going to live it. You're going to start introducing people. You get, mm. People will introduce you that way. Here, here this is this is Marnie or or yeah. Cha-Cha or whatever. Yep. Um, uh, my wife uh, wanted to be a grandma for a while. So she she chose uh, a grandma, G-R-A-M-A, grandma, nice and clean. She, uh, no embarrassment there. She didn't need to be called Gigi or whatever. 
And I thought, well, I'll do I'll do Gramps. Gramps. Solid Gramps. Well, okay. Not the chief. Aren't you called chief? I am called chief. Thank you. Yes, you you read that. Even reading the book, I reveal that my uh, two uh, two of my daughters in law got together and somehow they said, you know what? Nope, we're going to call you chief. And I I wonder why. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not a uh, a fire chief or police chief or Native American chief, Indian chief. But uh, it works. You call me chief, and I'll answer. Uh, And yeah, I, I'm reminded. Uh, uh, well, in the the book has some wonderful uh, single page design quotes, and one of the quotes is, um, uh, "Let me see if I can find it here. I think I marked it even. Uh, There's no sweeter sound than a grandchild running through the front door calling your name. Mm-hmm. And so, if, if when they chief, chief, guess what? Guess what, chief? Man, that is awesome. So um, pick yes. your name carefully." Uh, and expect to have a new name. My grandmother. Oh, 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 real quick, real quick. And choose it early before the other grandparents. Yes. Because the other grandparents, if you choose a name and you suddenly realize that the grandpa or grandma on the other side have already chosen that name, you are up a creek, man. My uh, grandmother wanted to be called Nana, and she was an amazing depression depression era lady. She ran a farm, and she ran children, and uh, even to the end of her life, into her eighties, she got up at six o'clock every morning, and she was out cutting the firewood for the day. She was one of those, and you would have had lots and lots and lots of these ladies in the states in the nineteen thirties and in that period. She was a hard worker, and so she, Nana. yeah, she was a fantastic lady. God-fearing lady. Uh, she was fantastic. She was an inspiration to us kids. She really was. Now, what's your memory of your own grandparents, Jay? Oh, well, I, I think they dropped the ball. Now, they didn't live in the same town as me, so there's a whole different dynamic. It's hard to it's, – it's a little more of a challenge when you're out – when you're uh, 100 miles away, that kind of thing. But you can be intentional and, and, and get the job done. But especially my dad's parents, they were a little stiff. Yeah. They weren't appreciative. Maybe this was back in the day. Every time I went to see them, I had my good clothes on. And As people silly. did in those days, yes. I, I yes. think I think so. Uh, so, I mean, once a year we did go up to the cottage up in northern Wisconsin and to a, a cottage, and they could let let down their hair proverbially, for, proverbially and uh, and they they were relatable. But man, oh man, I think they blew. I didn't cry when my grandpa died. I didn't cry when my, gra- my grandmother died at their funeral. But boy, oh boy, my dad, I mean, I'm talking about my grandparents now, but my dad was also, of course, a grand, grandpa to my kids. And we, at, at his, at my dad's funeral, Papa's, at Papa's funeral, we laughed and we cried and there were stories told. And uh, it was a wonderful thing. And that's how I hope that my funeral is. I want lots of kids at my funeral. I mean, just anybody just come and laugh and Yes, I think fa- and, yeah. I think people were much more formal. My my um my grandparents were a bit the same. There was a form- a gravitas. You actually write about uh, that. It's important to have gravitas as a grandparent, don't you? You write. You still mm. need to bring to the fa- you still need to bring to some of the family some of the same purposeful gravitas demonstrated by your grandfather or grandmother. Yes, some maybe. Yes. Yeah, because the kids need to know, understand that uh, family. <laughs> you got to be careful. Family is joyous and wonderful and fun. But there's there's a depth to family, and there's a there's a responsibility and a and a beauty and a depth and a and a uh, and a long flowing history that you need to maybe overcome or maybe embrace and understand. So um, 
yeah, through the joy, and that might be the key point of this whole thing, is that you have to earn the right with joy and satisfaction and, and, and spending time together and, and listening, then to speak truth, to speak truth into their life, what really matters, and right from wrong, and that kind of thing. So yeah, um, you have the right as a grandpa and the responsibility as a, as a grandma or grandpa to uh, to speak into the lives of these kids because mom and dad is just so gosh darn busy. Brent, uh, parents are so busy these days. Yes, that you can pull it. You can fill in the slack. Uh, is that the right word? Yeah, you can. You can pick up pick up the slack. Yeah. Well, that brings me on to my next uh, couple of questions. Really, what are the benefits of children living near their grandparents? Yeah. And what's the advantage of living far away? Well, uh, that was those are two fun chapters to write, consecutive chapters in the book. Uh, the advantages of living close are almost maybe too obvious. You know, the, you go to soccer games and uh, and concerts, and and there's twice as much applause there because grandma and grandpa are there. And then holiday travel plans are a little easier uh, 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 because you're close and you can kind of do things together. Uh, seats get saved. Seats get saved on parade routes and the fireworks and and football games and 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 church pews. Seats get saved, and last minute babysitting, but also visits are shorter, which is a good thing because when grandpa gets cranky or the little one gets you know needs his nap, then uh, they can go home because you know you'll see him again in a week or or two weeks, and you can expect quick drop-ins. I mean, uh, Megan will drop up in the minivan and drop off a couple of kids to, to, to pick up uh, a tool or something. And that's just great fun. We see the kids, that kind of thing. And maybe lawns get mowed. Uh, there's a joke in that chapter. Uh, do you, uh, you may not know the sitcom down, down where you are. Everybody loves Raymond. But uh, there was, uh, they live right across, mom and, mom and dad, who, grandma and grandpa live right across the street. And it's really not a good situation. So you don't want to live that close. Maybe not right across the street. But back in the day, uh, and the, our ancestors, they lived upstairs a lot. The grandpa, grandma and grandpa lived upstairs. So that's, there's great advantage to living, to living close. The problem is that sometimes we take it for granted, uh, take living uh, close for granted, and so we become less intentional. I think I mentioned earlier that if you live far away, you need to be more intentional. But that's a good thing. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, three families. We have family lives in town, family lives about 10 miles away, and one family that lives three hours away. But we know them just as well because we're intentional. When you go down there, you have planned meals, and uh, they set aside an entire day or two or three days maybe to, to hang out together. So um, there's an advantage maybe to living far away because you plan vacations more, more carefully then. And uh, the strategies would be, of course, uh, um, and I'm, maybe I'm going too long here, but the strategies are, are you know, there's, you can do Zoom calls and FaceTime calls and Zoom calls, which are uh, what's one of the blessings of COVID is that uh, people are comfortable, much more comfortable with with uh, uh, face, face-to-face communication. And then I also recommend, uh, last thought on this topic would be, if your grandkids live far away, you know what, get permission. And when they get those, you know, 10, 12, 14, whenever they get their phone, Ask permission, but then text them once in a while. Get it right. Don't be a jerk about it. Don't expect an answer right away. And then, you know, send a a, a, a quirky photo. Oh, the that bird's got in the, the squirrel got in the bird feeder again. Or or uh, you know, once to make sure I see get a picture of you in your in your football uniform or uh and you know, up here in the US, the, the post office still delivers mail. 
And you can in Amazon, you can send a little gift on Amazon and change the delivery address. So you just you sit on your keyboard, Grandma and Grandpa. Right now, you can sit out on your keyboard, and in three minutes, via Amazon, you can send a twelve dollar gift to your grandkid, and it'll deliver right to them. You don't even have to look at it or worry about it; it'll go right to them. So there are ways that you can be intentional. So don't don't grieve living far away. See the benefits and, and work through that would be uh, my uh, my takeaway there, Brent. What do you think? Yes, all very good. Now, uh, worthwhile warnings. I think you have a section in the book on, on what are some of the things grandparents shouldn't do, in your opinion, or if they do do, do them, do them with care. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, uh, in, page, in chapter 15 is, is all about worthwhile warnings as I smack my microphone. Um, and I'll just give you a few of them that you can totally relate to. Uh, please do not post photos of your grandkids on social media without permission. Please do not offer ancient and outdated parenting advice. Please do not grimace when the parents announce the name of their new baby. <laughs> uh, we're not going to go there. I've got it. Uh, we're not going to go there. But you know, sometimes like, what? What? That's not a first name or that's. No one can spell that. Okay. Uh, but don't. Just just let out it and call it call, and, and use that name. Here's one. Please do not take a young grandchild to get their hair cut or ears pierced for the first time. Oh, my golly. Do not do that. A couple more here. Do not hint or suggest or demand that the parents give you another grandbaby. We are guilty of that. Do not over, overlook the car seat mandate. Of course, of course. Buy, you know what? Buy a, if you're gonna if you're gonna drive your kids around, those grandkids around, buy a second car seat. Buy your own car seat so you're not struggling back and forth. A couple more. Do not interrogate your grandchildren about what's going on with their mom and dad because they know stuff that, well, maybe a little bit, but just don't let them know you did that. Uh, finally, do not give a drum kit, trampoline, iPhone. <laughs> pet or some other overwhelming gift without permission thank you that's a fun list there's more in the book but yes or you know what buy you go ahead and buy your grandchildren a drum kit just just a stick it to your 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 son or daughter-in-law yes i have a friend who uh whose son got a drum kit and visiting was always interesting <laughs> Um, time is moving on. Oh, gosh, where are we up to? Uh, oh, piano sorry. lessons. Now, piano lessons. No, 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 it's fabulous. Why, why do you have a chapter about grandparents paying for piano lessons? Do children still have piano lessons these days? Well, yes. You know what? We A lot of grandparents are, have a little more financial security than their kids. But you really can't give them money. You don't, you don't want to dis disrespect them by giving them money. I mean, every family is different. But man, oh, man, if you... Can swing it. That makes sense. Say, hey, can I pay for uh, for for, uh, for drum Oliver's, lessons, <laughs> drum. Oliver's pian piano lessons? And mom and dad will say sure, and that gives you a, a few quick advantages. We're here running out of time, as you said. It might help your children learn piano. That's a good thing. Second, if they don't learn piano, they'll appreciate music more. Third, you know what? You're putting money in the. You're supporting the arts. You're paying a piano teacher for, uh, and that's a great uh, thing. Um, you're helping fourth, you're helping with your, your son and daughter's budget. Uh, fifth, you've earned the right to say, Hey, Oliver, uh, how's the piano going? Play me something. 
And kind of they almost have to now because they'll know that you're paying for you. So so they will. And because they may not play too much for their mom and dad. So they'll put a little show on for you. You've earned the right to do that. Uh, And finally, if they get good, if they get good, you can take the credit. You know, if you you get that scholarship to the big, uh, you know, Juilliard or some big uh, uh, or or, uh, music uh, school or or standing ovation at Carnegie Hall or they get a they get a Grammy Award. You know what? They'll say, I'm going to thank my papa or Mimi or grandpa for that. Why do they think that's why they call it the Grammys? I think, right? Isn't it? They call it the Grammys. Uh, I've always thought that was why they called them called them yeah, the Grammys. Yeah, because so, the Grammys know. have been painting. Well, or the gramophone, but we won't go there. Yes. Yeah, we've, got, we've got about 10 minutes left or so. We've got plenty of time. Good. What's the number one fear among Christian grandparents these days, Jay? Well, uh, Brent, what do you think it is? I would, what do you if, think I, it is? if I was a grandparent, my number one fear would be my child turning away from Jesus, my grandchild turning away from Jesus. Well, yes. Or, or uh, that... simply getting mixed up with a bad crowd, you know. Well, uh, yes, uh, you're exactly right. Many people would say, well, it's the, it's, it's the culture uh, it's the um, it's the the crud that's going on in this world today, and how how dark it is, which kind of feeds into that. But really, it's and, and I I'm almost surprised by it when I talk to a room full of grandparents, and eighty percent of them are just agonizing that uh, Christian grandparents that their their grandchildren are not going to be with them in heaven. I mean, it's a very specific. I mean, it's, they don't just say they have to find Jesus. That I want them with me in heaven because they <laughs> that's very very specific. And uh, I mean, this is a, a much longer uh, discussion, but um, yeah, we want we want to build relationships with our kids to earn the right to speak into their life. Um, and I'll turn to um, on this topic. I'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter four, if I may. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely, so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen, or let them fade from fade from your heart as long as you live. Then this is the best part. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So there's biblical admonition here, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Remember how God has worked in your life, what you have seen, the miracles you have seen, big and small. And you have a responsibility to teach them to your children. And to paraphrase, don't forget the important stuff. Teach them to your kids' kids. And uh, Brent, I'm going to keep going here. I, I mean, I've written 10 books for parents. 10 or 12 books for parents. But I think that this idea, this grandparent might be my next most important ministry. I mean, uh, there's a lot of pain out there in, in grandparents, uh, especially if if their daughter or son married a, a non-believer, unequally yoked, that whole idea there. And uh, and parent, grand, I, I know many, too many grandparents who've, who have been told by their offspring, by their kids, you know what, mom, dad, do not talk to the kids, the grandkids about religion. Do yeah. not talk to them about Jesus. Don't be doing that. We're going to we'll, we'll we'll handle that our own way. And that's where that fear comes from. So there are strategies in in ways you can still do that. And I, you got to honor that. And at some level, you have to honor that request. Oh, for sure. But when uh but when you're with your grandkid and they ask you about who you are or why you do something or uh, who Jesus is, or who's that guy on the cross up there? I mean, what is? I mean, then then you kind of have a res- right and responsibility. So I tell I tell um I tell grandparents to remember your own faith journey, remember what you went through, and hopefully, Brent, hopefully there were some doubts along the way. 
hopefully there were moments because you know our grandkids grandparents see our grandkids falling away or not making decisions or not getting up and going to church on Sunday mornings so that uh and and uh, not uh, not knowing Jesus and, and accepting him and, and such but you know what doubts are such a wonderful thing we all have to plow through that and we know the we know the verse from John 14 uh, I'm the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me but that's not that entire verse Brent there are two words at the beginning of that verse. It's Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And that begs the question, who is he answering? And it's our old friend Thomas. Yes. Our old friend. <laughs> I love that. The doubting Thomas. This is at the, this is at the uh, Last Supper. Uh, what a concept. At the Last Supper, they've been hanging out with Jesus for three years and they're still asking these questions. And Thomas and Jesus is talking about heaven. La la la. And Thomas goes, Jesus, uh, um, Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? This is the verse right before that verse. We all know love so well. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way that was doubting Thomas's finest moment because he opened the doors for truth. So that's, Grandma and Grandpa, that's what you got to do. You have to open the door and be there and chat and pour into the life and answer questions and be charming and engaging and take them for ice cream and play catch with them and kick a ball around the yard and goof with them and give them noogies and be all that kind of stuff and be awesome and be awesome so that when they say, say, hey, Grandpa, Grandpa, uh, tell me, you all, I love you so much. How, how do I love you? Why do I love you so much? Why are you so awesome? And you say, well, you know what, your grandson, uh, that's God working through me, and it's one of the privileges it is to to be be doing that. And how? And, and is the grand is the are the parents going to be angry at that? Well, it was in the moment. You know, you're not setting him aside and preaching at him. It's life in the moment, man. So the best thing you do is is pull your kids, grandkids towards you. Every conversation, pull your kids toward you, toward you. Bear fruit in your own life. Bear fruit in your own life. And when they finally do say. Ask you a kind of open-ended question about about blah, blah, blah. kids can do that. They will when they get older. Then you go to turn in your head, go don't turn it in the Bible, but turn in your head, turn to 1 Peter 3:15. Always be ready for to give an answer for the hope that's in you. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. But do it, by the way, with gentleness and respect. And that's how you get past the angry parents, because you did it with gentleness and respect. Mm. <laughs> Yes, well, yes, well said. Yes, there's a lot more we could talk about, but we are, alas, almost out of time. Uh, but we need to say that the book is called Hooray for Grandparents, 40 Joys, Surprises and Cautionary Tales. My guest on the show has been Jay Payleitner. Uh, the book is published by Chronicle Books in the States. Now, Jay, where can people find you? And you are, uh, you are doing um, speaking engagements with seniors. How can well, senior, yeah. how can well, senior yes. groups, if I can say that, how can groups of seniors or senior groups get in contact with you to book you? Well, sure. Uh, uh, throw me some cash and I'll fly down to your part of the world and, and be glad to, to, oh, to yeah. see seniors yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'd be it, delighted to have you. Stranger things have happened. I, I talked to a room full of a thousand dads in Warsaw, Poland, right before COVID. They, they flew me over to do that. What a great thing that was. Oh, you know what? My uh, jpayleitner.com. Hard to spell, but uh, J-A-Y-P-A-Y. L-E-I-T-N-E-R. I've been around long enough that um, that Google will, even if you spell it wrong, you'll kind of fix that. But jpaylander.com was all my books and that kind of thing. And yeah, 
uh, invite me to your seniors group. Invite me to your uh, uh, any place where you get. Can, if you can get 20, 20 grandparents in a room or a thousand grandparents in a room, have me come out. And I'll sell a few books and you know shake some hands and we'll laugh and we'll cry and it'll be a great time together. Thank you, Brent, for that uh, for that plug. Oh, that's <laughs> what we're here for. Yeah, uh, it's it's about sales, isn't it? Yep. Jay Payne-Lautner, thank you very much. And thanks no, to no, our- it's not about sales. It's about <laughs> building the kingdom and loving our people. Yes, 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 it is all of that, brother, but it's also about sales. Yes, I, it is. I'm a practical media man. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, and speaking of speaking of sales, thanks to our creative team at Liquid Edge. We've got to give a plug to our sponsor. You see, mm. we've got to do this sort of thing. Uh, and thanks to our creative team at Liquid Edge who sponsor this podcast and who take care of things behind the scenes. Indeed, they do. They do a great job. Jay, thank you so much for your time. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the God Story Podcast. If you want to help us make more great episodes like this one, you can head over to our Patreon page and become a God Story Podcast supporter. You'll receive our undying gratitude, plus a few bonus goodies for your ongoing support. Just visit patreon.com slash godstorypodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash godstorypodcast. As always, you can get in touch with us via our website, godstorypodcast.com.